When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Tony Robbins. Hey guys, I'm Audrina Patrick. Hey, this is Adam Carolla. You're on the Hollywood Raw podcast. You're watching Hollywood Raw. You're listening to and watching Hollywood Raw. This is the Hollywood Raw podcast, hosted by entertainment veteran Dax Holt and street journalist Adam Glynn. The podcast humanizing Hollywood. From celebrities to media moguls, even paparazzi and bodyguards have come to break news, break their silence, or just have a great conversation on Hollywood Raw. If they're on Hollywood Raw, there's a reason. From page six to TMZ, Daily Mail, and People Magazine, everyone is talking about the Hollywood Raw podcast with Dax Holt and Adam Glenn. Welcome to the Hollywood Raw podcast. I'm Dax Holt. Over there is Adam Glenn. We are the Hollywood Raw podcast. Thank you guys for joining us. Adam, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm uh, I'm going through a lot. I just wrote two stories for uh, a major news outlet. So I'm like, mm-hmm. there's like... When you do a story for these major news outlets, it's a, there's like an excitement because, I mean, you've done it. And I think they're both like, one's a really good story, a big story. The other one's like a story. But you okay. want to see like right away the um, the reaction. You want to see if it's going to start trending. You want to see if people are clicking, if they're commenting. Um, so I'm like awaiting all that right now. Mm. And is it going Ooh. okay so far? So far, so good. But... Um, yeah, so far so good. But and now again, is there, it's is like there, I feel like people start to wake up to the story. It's not going to break the internet by any means, but is um, there a reason you are not telling us the story or the outlet? I'm not going to tell you the. Uh, if you Google, I'm sure you'll. If you Google, you'll see. Uh, no, fuck it, I'll tell you. Oh, uh, <laughs> you want <laughs> to say? Uh, yeah, it was with the New York Post. Okay. The story with the New York Post, page six, and the story is a story that you broke mm-hmm. in our group. Oh, about Johnny Bananas? Yes. Uh, well, tell us more, tell us more about the story then. I'm not going to tell you that. That's for a whole... You know, we'll probably, <laughs> you know that's, uh, we'll talk about it. Actually, we're going to probably talk about it. We're, we probably, when this comes out, we've talked about it on another podcast. Oh, uh, um, that's true. This one so. isn't supposed to come out for a couple weeks, so it might be old news by then. You're right. You're yeah. right. Let's move no, on but then. today's episode, because, you know, we wanted to talk about part two of stars going wild because the last time we did it we got into a pretty long discussion because me and you started thinking back about our history with the celebrities their history with going wild and it's a Mm -hmm. slippery slope to describe when a celebrity goes wild because you don't want to be mental or some sort of uh how do we say this we we, our criteria for getting people on this list is that they went down a bad path, but then they came back and they had a resurrection like a phoenix out of the the dust. Uh, no, I think <laughs> yeah. that was our big thing. Yeah, is that we was wanted, the thing we, we realized. Yeah, we, we wanted to say that people had gone wild, but it was a temporary moment in their life. And now that they have come out of it, we can kind of talk about it. Now, you know, this is not a list that's going to invi- involve Amanda Bynes or Britney Spears or someone who is struggling with 
um, mental issues. That is not what we are going to have on our list. This is more someone either got into drugs, got into wild behavior, uh, got arrested a bunch, whatever it was. Damn, why didn't we add Bieber to this list? He was a bit, he would have been a good one. Because he's still going through it. We don't, Bieber <laughs> he's is like not, he's doing good right now. I don't know. Bieber is like one of those guys where he, he's like hit or miss. You never know which Bieber you're going to get, in my opinion. Yeah. But I feel like he has he has gone down, hit rock bottom, and he's came he came back up. He's doing really well ever Did since he getting ever really hit rock bottom Bieber. I think we hit rock bottom Bieber. Remember when he was like leaving that place in New York, just crying on the streets? Like that reminds me of like Britney rock bottom Britney when she was outside of her house, just crying with her dog in her hand, and it was just like, oh my god, what is happening right now? Bieber's rock bottom wasn't as bad as some of these other celebrity rock bottoms. I mean, yeah, he was. Bieber was arrested. Mm-hmm. Um, but also. We could have Tiger like, Woods. Man, we're going to have to do a part three. God damn, I'm thinking of all these people seven. that we didn't everyone think about. These, yeah, everyone had some uh, setbacks. But this, like the Mike, the situation says the setback made the comeback. And that's what we found that as we were doing the episode, the part one of Celebrities Gone Wild. Everyone had a comeback, and it's yep. nice to see that because Hollywood loves a comeback. Before we get to Celebrities Gone Wild Part 2, we love your reviews. That's right. We love them. We go through them. We collect them. It's We put them on our walls. We tape them around. We think about it every day. We read them out loud every day, and when we do it, we actually read a review live on the podcast. Dax, do you have a review ready for us? Yeah, let me untape this one from my wall. Hold on. Give me one sec. All right, here we go. This is from Janae Olay, five stars. Says, love you guys. Love hearing the gossip and funny stories about celebs. Makes for a good listen while I do various things. Thanks for not being a-holes and just telling good stories. Keep it up, dudes. Thanks, Janae Olay. Janae Olay. I like that name. That's a dope name, by the way. (laughs) That is a very cool name. Thank you for that, guys. And the best thing to do is support this podcast is leave a review. Um, we appreciate it very, very much. Dax actually says for next week's podcast, uh, if you guys leave some reviews, he's getting one of the reviews tattooed to his back. Thank you for doing that, Dax. Uh, <laughs> can you imagine you just had some review from someone random from Minnesota just on your back? Like, yeah, what's that just, tattoo? Just someone chilling. gave a review on my podcast and we just said I mean, what, things. What great publicity, though, for... I mean, listen, maybe we should do this, Adam. Maybe we should get one review tattooed on our back. That would be great podca- uh, great uh, publicity for the podcast. Who's willing to do it, me or you? Uh, you, exactly. You're you. You're, you know, I, you're, you're, you know, you're a good team member. So I, uh, <laughs> I think you should do it. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. Um, all right, let's talk to the – let's talk about some of these celebrities. So last time we did Celebs Gone Wild, we talked about – Drew Barrymore. We talked about Robert Downey Jr. We talked about Miley Cyrus, and that discussion kind of got us going down a rabbit hole with their success to their setbacks to I don't want to say their downfall. Or you could say their downfall. You could say because like downfall. Rocky, they got up. Yeah. Um. So we yeah, all very interesting people, and the criteria for making this list is. Have a fucking epic meltdown, um, you know. <laughs> like, I mean, make it, you know, go freaking wild. Let us talk nuts. about it, and then come back. Okay, if you're gonna go crazy, go hard. Don't half-ass it, and like, <laughs> we'll have fun with it. So, um, those people had a little too much fun with their downfall, and therefore, they had to 
work on themselves to kind of come back and rightfully so they all became legends and people actually i mean look at them that three that we did last episode miley cyrus robert downey jr and drew barrymore is three of the biggest stars out there in the world living their best lives now in the they're the aa list they're Mm -hmm. superstars so good for them dax give me a celebrity today that uh who had a pretty wild i want to talk angelina jolie I think Angelina Jolie had a really wild, crazy time in her life. Um, I mean, this is she never had like you know waking up naked in a in a neighbor's house Robert at moment, but yeah, like Robert. But she still had some some things that made a lot of people like go, "What the hell is she doing?" Over and over and over again, right? Like, well, well I guess we'll get into them here in a second, but you know. I guess if we really kind of step way back into her life, and she also follows that theme that we talked about in the first episode, which is coming from, uh, you know, a Hollywood family. John Voight is her father, um, and so she was already born into Hollywood. She was given that uh, that early entry, and and then I would say fell into the grasps of what a lot of people do, which is the excess and stimulation at a young age. So she did her first film, I believe was at the age of 17. This was the one that was really infamous because she did a topless scene for that movie and had to go through the whole process of being emancipated from her parents because of the age of consent. And so she wouldn't have been able to do a topless scene unless she was um, an adult at that point. So she had to go through it and uh, was able to have a topless scene in that movie at the age of 17. So that was kind of like the first, I think, big thing that happened in in the Hollywood era or the Hollywood scene for Angelina. A lot of people got to know her because of that. Um, what, what was your first memory of Angelina Jolie? I would say... It's funny. At that time, I was young, so I didn't really know her movies. Mm-hmm. But my first kind of visions of Angelina Jolie sounds weird, but it's because I grew up with a Star Magazine and People Magazine near the toilet, um, like a lot of uh, like a lot of young kids. Uh, I my first things was two things: was a her kissing her brother, and b Billy Bob Thornton. That was my two. Yeah. I didn't know who she was an actress. I was like, who is this? gorgeous woman on the red carpet kissing this guy who I didn't think was that attractive or handsome of a guy, Billy Bob Thornton. And (laughs) the other one was kissing her brother. I think those two infamous red carpet moments. I always watched the red carpet. You know what's funny is a lot of her big wild moments always had to deal, deal with her relationships. Because it's funny that you think that, like the Billy Bob Thornton, but she actually... She was married to Johnny Lee Miller first back in 1996. Wow. They had this like civil ceremony um, just in front of her mother, some of the friends. She wore like black rubber, <laughs> which I guess that also got a, a lot of attention back then. She was wearing like black rubber pants and a T-shirt um, with his name on it and in her own blood, by the way. She wrote his name on her shirt in his blood. She's got this weird thing with blood, you know? We talked about it obviously with Billy Bob Thornton, how they always had like blood around their neck and a little Which, vial by the or something way, like was that. Sort of, but when um, they did that, when she dated when you know Billy Bob Thornton, I guess they made it public when they're on a red carpet and they had that little vial of blood around their neck. 
it was kind of like, mm-hmm. ew, that's insane. But also looking back, it's like kind of cool, right? Okay. Well, we'll we'll talk about it because she has her own vision okay. of what that is. Like the rest of us, are like okay, psycho. Um, but when she married John Lee Miller and she had the blood on her shirt, I guess she told the New York Times back then, "You can sacrifice a little to make it really special," and that was what she was saying about her wedding day. Um, and they didn't even last that long. I think they they got married in 96, and they were separated by the end of 97, and then their divorce was made final in 99. Uh, apparently, they actually remained friends for many, many years. They may even still be friends today. Um, but then she had this, like, I don't know, this weird time in her life that she was very, uh, she had a lot of mental health issues that she was struggling with. Um well, she had she she admitted I don't know, like yeah. suicidal, suicidal thoughts, thoughts and stuff were, 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 a lot. where she actually admitted that she hired a hitman to kill her which is mm-hmm. cuz she didn't which was kind of interesting cuz she didn't she didn't want that blame to be on any of her friends or family for like not stopping her she was like I don't want that to be on their conscience so hiring a hitman would kind of resolve anyone else cuz they'd be like oh well she was killed so that's different than she took her own life. I thought that was really interesting, but thank God, uh, I, if I remember correctly, the hitman actually talked her out of it yeah. at that time. Went, yeah, and was like, um, how about, I'm going to give you some time, you really think about it, and I'll come back to you. We'll, we'll regroup on this whole situation, and she ended up like, um, things started to turn around for her, and she called off the hit on herself, which is... So wild. Um, and then if you remember back in, I, I want to say 1999, uh, she won the Golden Globe for Gia, which I don't think I I've ever saw, even seen I've that never movie. Saw Have you seen Gia, that movie? I never saw Girl Interrupted, which she, uh, uh, you know, again, she was, except she was, I think, nominated. She, yeah, she won the Oscar. She got the Oscar I never saw for, right? either of those movies. That was in high school at the time. Those are two movies. I wasn't really into the films as much. I was into, like, the red carpet before the movies. Before the premieres, okay. Yeah. So yeah, I've been. So she wins the so, award for Gia, or she was nominated for the award for Gia. Uh, no, she won the Golden Globe for Gia. But what I remember, what I remember most about her winning was all the attention she got because. Uh, so back back in the day, I guess she was kicked out of the Beverly Hills Hotel or for wanting to swim in the pool or something like that. And so she always said, "When I get back here." I'm going to jump in the pool. So she that was the next time she was at the, the Beverly Hilton Hotel was uh, for the Golden Globes. And right after she got her Golden Globe for Gia, she went and jumped in the pool. And ever, in her dress, in her gown, that was the actual event that her brother was at. That was when she kissed him on the lips. And um, No, no. No, no, I'm sorry. She she was just there with her brother. She kissed his lips at the, the Academy Awards. Um, but... She jumped in the pool, and it was like a super famous moment of her just kind of being crazy, by being wild, and going and living out this fantasy. I remember she pulled in one of the reporters from Access Hollywood while she was in the pool. Like it was a pretty kind of funny moment, but it got a lot of people going. What the she hell had is the she doing? Golden Globe in her hand when she jumped in the pool at the Beverly Hills Hilton Hotel. Which, how would you describe yep. Dax the Beverly Hills Hilton? Because um, it's if you're coming, I guess if you're coming from west. As you're driving mm-hmm. towards sunset, there's this big, beautiful hotel in a great location right before sunset. 
Well, it's like right near Rodeo. So like, it's kind of, it's, I don't know how to, I want to say catty corner of Rodeo. It's kind of all in the same area though of Beverly Hills. And it's this huge hotel. It is the home of the Golden Globes. I went there because we had an Emmy Awards um, that I was that I went to at that hotel. I mean, they do a lot of things there. It's just kind of one of these historic hotels that everyone knows. This is the hotel that uh, Whitney Houston died in. Um, yeah, it's, it's just huge, and it's got a pool kind of like have right you, in the middle. And they always have Dex, parties have around ever, it. Besides going there for the daytime Emmys, have you, have you ever been to the hotel or like hung in the lobby at all? No. No, I didn't know if that's what you do. No. Like, if, and that's like a place like, hey, let's just go sit in the lobby and just see who we run into, see who's staying there. So, keep in mind, I am someone who lives in Orange County, so I, I stay out of LA as much as possible. Even when I worked up in LA every single day, it was like get off work, come home. I never hung out up there ever. Yeah, I mean, really. I went to the Beverly Hills Hilton was- once and got thrown out because. Um, I saw I was running at the I was standing at the corner. I saw a car come up. And I saw Nelly in the car, and this is when the Super Bowl was in mm-hmm. LA. And I ran up the street, the driveway, and uh, and I ran up the driveway. And I see Nelly going in through the valet, and I try to get him. Nelly is like, "What's this guy doing here?" And the security went crazy. I'm like, "Get <laughs> off the prop! What are you nuts? Get out of here!" I was like, "Whoa!" And I just jetted. Like I was like, you know, I, I don't know how LA works, but I just ran through the hills. Um, but I've never. You know, I heard stories I, that people have made like their career by just sitting in the lobby and act like they belong there. They just they they would they would make the lobby I mean, their office surprised. somehow, and they would just say, "Oh, what are you doing?" I just yeah. randomly bumped into this person just to be seen by people. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I got a sick gift bag oh, at the really? Beverly Hills once because of the Emmy party. So when when TMZ was nominated for Emmy, I went to the party, you know, or to the event. But they had the CBS party there around that pool. And I knew some people. They got me into the CBS party. <laughs> and, um, and I met Sharon Osbourne at that event. I met... Oh, God, who else was it? I felt like there were so many people at this event, but now I'm blanking on them right now while I'm talking to you, of course. But anyway, the best part was when I went to leave, and they were like, oh, here's your gift bag, sir. And I was like, yes, I've waited for this moment my whole life to get a gift bag. <laughs> and it was very geared towards women, though. So my wife was stoked when I came home with, like, a sick $300 purse for her. It had all these lotions. It had, like, a... A, a travel voucher to go on um, uh, like a, a cruise in the Mediterranean. It had 
um, gift cards for all these different restaurants. So, I mean, all in all, that the gift bag was probably worth wow. about $2,000. There was necklaces in there. There was um, uh, just, like, tons of, like, random, like, little jewelry and facial, like, the facial creams and all that kind of stuff um, were wild. But my wife was like, thank you. Please go and get nominated for an Emmy again because yeah, I want sick. more of this shit. That is actually pretty sick. Um, back to Angelina Jolie. So, no, oh, I yeah. mean, we just started getting to it. <laughs> Yeah. This is not about us. So Angelina, That's right. This is back in 1999. Uh, so, Angelina is back for the – she gets the Golden Globe for Gia. And then in the year mm-hmm. 2000, she yep. makes an infamous red carpet moment when – because they don't have like these crazy red carpet moments anymore. Remember when Rose McGowan wore like that see-through dress with Marilyn Manson? And it, it was just – Oh, that was yeah. the MTV but Awards. In huh? the year 2000, she's at the Academy Awards. She wins actually. She won the award for Best Supporting Actress and Girl Interrupted. She kisses her brother on the lips. Let me repeat that again. She kisses her Ugh, brother on the so lips. Weird. There was no tongue, unless they snuck it in, but it was like a weird kiss with your brother. It was like a passionate kiss with their brother on the lips. And you wonder if that was like in their head or she just knew this is what I need to do in the industry. I need to shake things up. I need to get people talking. Dude, I don't know. It was... It made the world cringe. Everyone's like, hey, all good. You're excited, but like... Why the hell are you kissing your brother on the lips? It's, I mean, it was um, sexy until you notice it's her brother. And you're like, what? Uh, yeah. Exactly. And then yeah, you're like, now yeah, it's exactly. getting, I mean, and it's then, still sexy, but come on. Uh, no, all right. <laughs> and then right after that is when she started dating Billy Bob Thornton. That was kind of like, she she had done Gia, she had done Girl Who Interrupted, she then meets Billy Bob Thornton, who, who, by the way, was engaged to Laura Dern at the time um, while they were on the set of Pushing Tin. She played his wife, which now that I like think about it is kind of interesting. She's kind of always been a homewrecker. Yeah. Think about that. Like she met Brad Pitt when he was with Jen Aniston and that marriage dissolved because Angelina came in the picture. Now I'm thinking Billy Bob was with Laura Dern at the time. Angelina comes in the picture. Suddenly that falls apart. So they end up getting married like super fast. Two months later, they went to the Vegas's little uh, chapel and dressed up in jeans, a gray tank top, boots, um, and walked down the aisle and got married. And this is where she had um, the vial of blood around her neck. And, I mean, she does some weird yeah, shit for love, um, dude. She, I mean, it was an odd couple. Here she is. She's gorgeous. And Billy Bob Thornton, who, great actor. Actually, very, very nice guy. But when you looked at them, you're like, how did this guy get her? It was just an odd couple. Um, you know, she mm-hmm. actually said... Um, you know, she talked about the, the blood around her neck. She said it was never a vial. It was actually like a flower press. It was like a, uh, it was like a, a slight cut on your finger and you press the fingerprint into it and it was a sweet gesture. I thought it was kind of romantic and I understand that to a certain extent, you know, like it wasn't. Tell me that extent that you understand I mean, it. it was unique. It was interesting it, for two people that are centric. It was like, okay, this is a fun way of showing your love for each other but she again weird. this is during the, we gotta think the time period this was all coming out within you know everything going on with Angelina from 99 to about 2003 2004 this is when the media and the tabloids were just at 
their biggest. You got to remember, there was no social media. So everything mm-hmm. you got as far as knowledge and information from the entertainment news, entertainment news came from the tabloids. Didn't come from an Instagram post. Didn't come from a Facebook post. Didn't come from Twitter. Like this was all come from the tabloids where their whole thing was to gas these situations to bring in viewers. They were the, you know, clickbait is not something that just mm-hmm. happened on YouTube recently. It's been going on for years. And Angelina knew what she was doing. She was smart. She was, she, and I can, do you remember we did a story um, a, a while back how savvy she was with the media? Um, we had interviewed one of the heads of the magazines. I think it was, what, Us Weekly back in the day. He came on, he said, look, you know, those first shots of Brad and Angelina walking on the beach um, that kind of solidified their relationship. She was the one that like tipped them off and said, hey, we'll be here at this time. Um, Do what you want, you know, and that was the first photos that kind of confirmed their relationship. And that was a a really, really big deal. Her and Brad walking down the beach because at that time... You know, she he was married, and um, that broke up Brad and Jen's relationship. And you know, it seems like that kind of seems to be a pattern in Angelina's She's life been, now. Yeah, it's yeah. She was accused of it. Will we ever know the real truth of what happened or how that went through? As far as her kind of meeting Brad, obviously they met through a movie, but how it kind of went from um, an affair. An alleged affair to a, a, a marriage with them, or how they, how he broke up with Jen. Yeah, I mean, I have, I have no idea how healthy Brad and Jen's relationship was before. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's really easy to talk crap on them when you're not involved in the marriage. Maybe they had a horrible marriage. Who the hell knows? Um, but it did end after he met Angelina. And then that that marriage itself, you know, it seemed like it was really good. They were like the biggest power couple on the planet, Brad and Angelina. It was like their names were everywhere. You know, you couldn't get a bigger relationship. And then that one also ended in such flames and with uh, accusations of child abuse towards Brad and splitting up the family and just slanderous stuff in the news between the two of them where she would just attack his his uh, his personality and who he was as a father and uh, I mean I know he went down a really dark path for a while too not leaving his house and then finally came out and like talked to one of the magazines and just saying he was struggling a lot mentally and he had his own vices and drinking and all of this stuff and you know to this day you know I don't know if you saw that story the other day about Pax one of his kids uh, basically railing on him, saying that he made it just this hell to live in the same house with him. And it's funny how you picture Brad Pitt, and then you've got his ex-wife and his kids basically going out against him, saying he was a terrible yeah, human I mean, being. Yeah, I mean, it's... Cause you see, I don't know if they think it, he's a terrible human being, because you see the work that she's done, which we'll get into that. They did have a 12-year relationship. You know, she did talk about mm-hmm. when... Everyone was accusing her of being a homewrecker, that she's the one that broke up Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston. She did say, and, and this is the quote, she said, to be honest, to, to be intimate with a married man when my own father cheated on my mother is something I could for, I, which is not something I could forgive. I could not look at myself in the morning if I did that. 
I wouldn't be attached or attracted to a man who would cheat on his wife. And, you know, she basically made it clear I had nothing to do with it. But, yeah, it's – there's his – there's her side. There's there's a bunch of different sides here. Who knows the actual truth? Were they the first couple mm-hmm. that was maybe given a name by the media, Brangelina? You know, we saw, you know – Jennifer Lopez has gotten those kind of titles before, but they were like the first couple that was dubbed Brangelina. I feel like they were yeah. the first ones to get that combo combo name. I don't remember that being a thing well, they before. They were the two them. most beautiful people in the world. And their breakup, which is still, I think, we're still talking about their divorce because it's still, there's still businesses that they're involved in that haven't necessarily gotten settled. I mean, they were declared legally single. Mm-hmm. On April 12, 2019. But, I mean, this was still going on for years. Here's a story. I knew I had a guy who was driving them in New York. And he knew there was something going on with them. Because when they were staying in New York, he was like, yeah, they're staying in two different rooms. And I remember being like, huh? Really? Hmm. And I didn't really question. I was like, that's just how weird people are. Like, they're just a married couple that lived in two different rooms. But he was like... Yeah, there's got to be something going on there. Like, they just don't talk to each other. They live separate lives. So, I guess towards the end of that relationship, even though they were publicly together, they really were not together. And actually, it was during that time that Brad Pitt one time came back to his hotel with a bunch of pizzas. And us and, you know, I was with the paparazzi standing outside. And he didn't finish all the pizza. And the security came down. Hey, guys, we got some pizza for you. Because Brad didn't finish the pizza and he sent all the paparazzi pizza. And it wasn't him. <laughs> you it wasn't have like Brad give, like, tipping us off. It was like, hey, you know what? Give those guys. They're working. Give those guys food outside. And it was very nice. I was like, dude, which food, which slice did Brad spit on so I could eat that one? Because I want to get whatever he's eating. But that, again, they were the two most beautiful people in the world together. It was, you know, we still want to see. They had a child together, even though they adopted some. Or um, they adopted three, but they, they had a big family. Everyone wants to see what their kid's going to look like. You know, you have the two most beautiful people yeah. in, the, in the world together. What is their kid going to look like? I, I, I still think the photos of Shiloh and then the twins photos, those were still like the most expensive child photos ever sold. And they they ended up donating the money to charity or whatever. But like it went for a million dollars. And that was just unheard of at the time to raise that much money on a single photo set. Um, I think Surrey Cruz also got like a, a huge payday, but the twins was like massive, massive. Uh, I I would say the one time that I felt really starstruck was seeing Brad Pitt in person, and he pulled up next to me on his motorcycle when I was on my way home driving down Hollywood Boulevard, um, actually Sunset Boulevard, and he pulled up next to me and it, he was on the loudest motorcycle known to man, and I looked over and I was like. Holy shit! It is Brad Pitt wow, right next to me that's on his motorcycle. <laughs> it was, and he had this like gold helmet on. It was like a gold sparkly helmet. It is dope. Oh, like just fancy ass motorcycle. I don't. know. It was just a really cool moment to see this Hollywood legend next to you know, me. You know, it's on so his funny motorcycle. you say that because that just reminds me of something. Well, first of all, when you see Brad Pitt in person, and when you see him on a motorcycle, it's sort of like whoa. Actually, last week I saw Jason Momoa on his motorcycle, like getting on his motorcycle right next to me. And that was like mm-hmm. pretty cool. And one day, this is when Jennifer Aniston got this apartment in the West Village. And it was a, it was actually right near where Andy Cohen lives, but it was this apartment where it was like, 
the way it was positioned, it was like the perfect place for paparazzi to sit. Because A, they could get comfortable. B, mm -hmm. there was no garage. She couldn't sneak out. She had to go through the front door. And when Jeffrey asked, I mean, literally at the time it was, you know, it's not too long ago. There was like 20 guys just sitting at her front door just waiting for her to come out. She only lived in the apartment for probably about six weeks because she realized, I can't do this life. I can't. Like this is just – I picked the wrong place to live in New York. Silly. But funny. Yeah. One day I start running towards the apartment because I heard that she was maybe going to come out. As I'm running towards the apartment, I got my camera in my hand. Who's right in front of me? Like on his motorcycle, the light is Justin Thoreau. And he looks at me with my camera. I'm like mm. – and he was – I guess he just left the apartment. He was going somewhere. Sees me running with my camera. I go – I'm sorry, dude. And then I just keep running. You know, like I'm going to his apartment because he was married to her at the <laughs> time. Um, but um, yeah, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. But she somehow, I wouldn't say somehow, I think in the last few years has really transitioned into just not necessarily an actress, but like an enigma. Like the role she's played when she was in that Disney, was it Cinderella or Snow White movie? She played the... Yeah, She's Maleficent, she just silly whatever man. it was. She played like this very. <laughs> it was just like a legendary role. You know what I mean? And it's Sleeping, Sleeping Beauty. Beauty. She plays like legendary roles now. I know she's producing a play on Broadway. She's very big into humanitarian work. Total three sixty. Mm -hmm. Like you would never think that she was going down this road twenty years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's uh, she's definitely like. Uh... Just a, a different person. You're right. The humanitarian aspect. I mean, she is out there all the time fighting for human rights. And, you know, uh, I don't know. She's just, she, she's, she's interesting. She's just a fascinating person. That's all I can say. Like, her whole life is fascinating she's just, to me. When you think, you know, it's so funny. Like, growing up, she went to a Hollywood high school. Obviously, there's the nepotism of, you're going. I think that should be a show. Yeah, they did Beverly Beverly Hills 90210, but there should be a good show about a, a, a real rich kid high school where all the family, the parents are actors and how it's like, you know, where these kids know their mm -hmm. parents are famous. And I mean, high school for them has just got to be a really crazy time. And I know she's she partied in high school. I mean, I don't think to the extent of. You know, again, waking up naked in the neighbor's yard, but she was definitely a unique person. But she's doing some good things now. And I would say, I, like you said about being starstruck, this past summer, I wasn't necessarily starstruck, but I was in awe because I saw her kid. I saw her kids. And from uh, Which I saw one? Knox. And uh, no, not Knox. I saw okay. Pax. Sorry. I saw Pax. Maddox? Um, no. And Maddox. I saw, so when I saw them, I was just kind of like, wow, that's the kids. And from seeing them in the media outlets for through all the years to seeing them in person, you're like, wow, that's kind of unique. Can can you name you all can. of the that's children? That's like your hidden talent, right? No, I want to know if you can. Pax and Maddox and Shiloh. Right? That's Vivian. it. Vivian. Yeah, yeah. It's Knox, Vivian, Pax, Maddox. Zahara, I got them all right. Am I missing Zahara, one? Pax, Maddox, Vivian, Zahara, yeah, Shiloh, Knox, Vivian. Yeah, I think you got them all. Oh, I, I didn't. I don't think I said oh, Shiloh. I said Shiloh. You said Shiloh, Shiloh, so Shiloh. One. That's Dax. It. Now name all your yeah. cousins on your father's side of the family. See, you can't do that. But you can name all um, Jolie's kids. 
<laughs> it's really sad, sad right? how much we know about these people's lives. All right, give me another celebrity Dax that had a wild had a wild time in their life. I mean, the king of crazy, Charlie Sheen. We got to talk Charlie. There is no way that we could do any type of Star Gone Wild episode and not involve Charlie Sheen. He was supposed to be on part one. We ran out of time, so he got transferred to part two. But he was supposed to be there, guys. Um, you know, Charlie Sheen, he was he was born Carlos Estevez back in 1965. Well, Charlie Sheen is just his oh, stage okay. name. It's not his birth name. Carlos Estevez is his birth name. Um, and he, you know, he's his dad is also an actor, Martin Sheen. A lot of people obviously know that. But Martin and Sheen isn't his real name either. It's Ramon Estevez. So it's just kind of funny. They all have these, like, stage names that they have um, adapted over the years. But he, again, one another person born into the Hollywood lifestyle, born to an actor, success, money, all at his fingertips. Um, but he, his first movie was at the age of nine. And it was one of his father's films back in 1974 called The Execution of Private Slovak. Um, he did grow up, attended Santa Monica High School, along with Robert Downey Jr., which is interesting. They um, He was one of the star pitchers and a shortstop for the baseball team, uh, but then was offered a scholarship at the University of Kansas, and it was his dream to like just be a shortstop for the Cincinnati Reds. Well, uh, he was expelled shortly after graduation. Uh, or before graduation, um, I guess he was arrested for credit card fraud. So really, his his craziness started at a pretty young age, and that derailed his whole pro baseball or a pro ball dream. Um, and then he, you know, he he would hang out a lot with some really famous guys from from Hollywood. You know, he he would make movies with his buddies Rob and Chad Lowe. Sean and Christopher Penn, Tom Cruise a was cool a friend life. of his from back in the day. Yeah, like just grew up with this huge Hollywood notice, gang here's the thing. here. We're talking about, we just talked about Angelina Jolie, you know, have fa- famous family. Mm-hmm. I'm sure being around famous other kids because their parents are famous. Now here's Charlie Sheen making home movies with his friends growing up. Robin Chadlow, Sean and Christopher Penn, and Tom Cruise. I mean, that is just cool. It's, it's pretty cool. It's wild, right? So then, and then, um, and then he was in Platoon, and that obviously kind of rocket launched him because the the film was nominated for an Oscar for Best Picture. So that like is really like the turning point for him is when Platoon was so big in the theaters, um, and he started making some money at that point. And I know that. That is also the time where stuff spiraled, started spiraling out of control. And so back early in like 1991 through 1993, um, there were reports that came out that he was spending $53,000 on prostitutes. Um, this is when the whole Heidi Fleiss scandal kind of erupted because he was spending so much money with her. She was nicknamed the Hollywood Madam. Um, and then in 1995, um, he videotaped testimony um uh, during that, where it was uh, Heidi Fleiss's tax evasion trial, and he explained the number of times he used her for her services, and it was at least 27, 
27 times he used her, and I guess he spent like between $1,500 and $3,000 per visit. So he was granted immunity, or I guess granted limited immunity from prosecution because of that testimony he gave. But like, is that kind of embarrassing to say like you had to use prostitutes 27 times? Like, you're Charlie Sheen. You're not a bad-looking yeah, dude. Yeah, but you know you're what? Not, prostitutes. Like, prost- you can go get free, yeah. Yeah, sure you right. know, free services from the bar if you go down the street. Why are you paying that, for that it? That takes work. That takes energy. With prostitutes, it's it's, it's easy, <laughs> it's, just, it's quick, find it and then so you don't strange. have to uh, – you don't have to be friends after. It's just let's have a fun hour, and then you go on your way. Time is essential. I'm a Hollywood actor. I'll pay for – make it quick, easy, and fun. Going out in Hollywood, it's just too much work. And again, there was no social media back then. So you can't just DM a person and make it quick. And prostitution today is more popular than ever. Let's be real. Like, yes. What? You are making shit up right is now. Stop it. Bigger than ever. It just exists in a different Stop way. Stop it. Why you, you see every single girl on an island on Instagram? Who's paying for them to go on an island? Who's pay, so they're they're doing some work to get to that island. I promise you that. But anyway. Again, it was a different time. Charlie, obviously, was – this is embarrassing because it was a videotaped testimony. Mm -hmm. So he has to tell the truth here. And he was embarrassed. But, again, this is during a wild time, fresh off him being in one of the biggest movies for for an epic movie, Platoon. Mm -hmm. You know what I – and I didn't mention after Platoon, before the whole prostitute thing, he did spend a month in rehab. He says, you know, he he, he acknowledged that he had a problem. He said he was going to continue to attending this 12-step meetings um, because I think he realized that he had a problem at that point. That was the same year his engagement to Kelly Preston Kelly ended. Kelly Preston. After so Kelly Preston was yeah. married to, well, later married to. Um, John uh, what's Travolta. His name? Yes, John so, Travolta. John Kelly Preston, who yeah. before she married John Travolta, was engaged to Charlie Sheen. Yes, Charlie Sheen, and that was when. Do you remember he uh, accidentally shot her in the arm People at their don't house? Talk about this enough. Even when Charlie, which we'll get into, was during his wild time, people didn't talk about how Charlie Sheen accidentally shot Kelly Preston in the arm at their home. <laughs> It's so wild. It's so wild. It was like, um, I guess she got stitches in her arm after the whole thing. Um, There was a lot of question of whether or not he accidentally or on purpose shot her. I know it sounds wild, but there was that was like the big talk at that time. Both of them denied the account. Um, There was a... um, uh, a video that was around for a while, and then the, that video kind of disappeared. Um, but that ended their relationship. Basically, they were engaged. The shot happens. This gets a bunch of press, and next thing you know, they um, they split so up. Let's you know fast forward a little bit, okay? So that was definitely some. Mm-hmm. He's already, This is now let's say ninety eight. You know, he is been in the hospital for. Uh, you know, he's been in rehab for drugs and alcohol already. Then 1998, he again, he admits himself into a Los Angeles hospital after consuming ex- excessive amounts of drugs and alcohol. So this guy clearly has mm-hmm. an issue with partying. I mean, I don't know if it's partying or drugs and alcohol. So we don't, there's two different parts of that. Do, do you want, 
you know what I feel like I should mention before we go too far, just because we, we talked about the Kelly Preston thing? Years and years later, I remember he, when he did his Torpedo of Truth tour, he did say that she shot herself. He said that he claimed no responsibility for it. He said, I went downstairs early in the morning making coffee. I thought she was still asleep upstairs. And then he goes, I heard a fucking gunshot go off. And I thought she did it. She finally did it. She killed herself and they're going to blame me. And that she was the one, I guess, she, that she explained that she lifted my pants off a scale in the bathroom. There was a gun that he used to carry. It fell out of the back of the pocket of his, on the floor, shot the bullet between her legs. And, um, and then she got hit with shrapnel from the toilet bowl. So that was his account. I just, I needed to add that in because it was so many years later, but it was him finally talking about that incident that happened so, so long ago. So anyway, sorry, all this setbacks, somehow Charlie kind of gets a little bit of a comeback. You know, like for his first part of comeback, you know he start he gets cast on the show, and he what what, what say, year was that? Uh, you know, I think around like in the two thousands because that was like right around the the big yeah, TMZ well, era. Two thousands, like, he's starting to do it. The, he's on the one of the highest rated shows on TV. You know, and he's getting paid tons yeah. of money eight hundred twenty five thousand dollars roughly an episode. Um, I think he's questionably the highest paid actor in TV. But then all of a sudden, December 25th, 2009, the police receive a call at 8.34 in the morning on Christmas Day reporting domestic violence at an Aspen, Colorado home where Charlie Sheen was staying with his wife, Brooke Mueller. Uh, Sheen was arrested and spends most of the day in jail before being released on an $8,500 bail. So it's like... I remember this like it was yesterday, dude. Because obviously, like, being at TMZ at the time, we had... To send a crew oh to Aspen God. to cover this. Um, keep in mind, for some reason, stars used to fuck up all of my holidays. Uh, Tiger Woods screwed up my Thanksgiving. Charlie Sheen screwed up my my Christmas Day off. Like it was wild how there's always something big that happens on the holidays, and this happened to be the big thing back in 2009 when it was like, okay, all hands on deck. I'm Hopefully everyone's done eating dinner with or eating breakfast or dinner with their their, their loved ones. Time to uh, time to start reporting the news and seeing what kind of information we could break. It was a total pain. Well, in the it's ass. just crazy because again, the guy is on Two and a Half Men. Everyone, it's the biggest show, but then all of a sudden, the highest paid actor on TV is arrested for alleged domestic violence. Whoa! Yeah, so he was a he was he charged. Was charged. Yeah. So. He was charged in February, so a couple months later, he was charged with with a couple things. Third-degree assault uh, relating to that Christmas Day argument. Two weeks later, he voluntarily entered rehab as, quote-unquote, preventative measures. Um, And so it really kind of screwed up the Two and a Half Men schedule at the time. If you remember, this became a whole thing. Uh, Production on Two and a Half Men was suspended. They had 18 episodes, and they still needed to do uh, a couple more because it was a 24-episode season. Um, And then in May, uh, you know, the next month, he surrendered custody of his daughters to his ex-wife, Denise Richards, in the wake of all of this wildness. And then, you know, this is, they're going in, this Two and a Half Men was 
on air at this time. And so they started to go into contract negotiations with him with all of this happening. And there was a lot of like uh, focus on is two and a half men going to bring him back? Are they not? I mean, this is the biggest show on TV. He's, He's paid so much. The dude landed an even bigger deal to stay on Two and a Half Men. He and he negotiated a deal for one point eight million dollars an episode. Incredible. I mean, how in the middle of all this crap and issues of court and g- g- handing your kids over to your ex-wife, did CBS say, "Yep, here you go. We're gonna actually up it by a million dollars yeah, an episode"? Not only just you get one point eight million an episode. Then you also get money on the earnings from syndication. And that show was obviously a syndicated show where it just makes so much Mm -hmm. money. But he's also spending a lot of money because, you know, lawyers are not a cheap thing. So then all of a sudden, I guess, yeah, in comes more probation. On comes more rehab. You know, or uh, he has to do anger management counseling because of the assaults stemming from the Christmas Day incident. Well, he had, he had a bunch of things. So this was like August, I would say, when everything from the Christmas Day incident came back to bite him in the ass. So he was he was sentenced to 30-day rehab, 30 days probation, 36 hours of anger management counseling. Um, so that was a big blow to is him. A, but it, you see, know, Was that didn't... a big blow? Or two months later, so Charlie Sheen, after all the mm-hmm. – he pleads guilty. Two months later – and I remember this night. I remember this one. Charlie oh, Sheen yeah. is hospitalized after being found naked and intoxicated in a New York hotel room. I think it was the Plaza Hotel. He was with the girl. She was an alleged porn star escort, Capri Anderson. Yeah, Capri Anderson, I remember. And she I, I, said I, that yep. Charlie owes her $12,000 from the night. And I think there was photos of the room, Dex. You were probably more involved with that than I was. 100% there were photos from the room. There was like... I remember it was a fancy-ass hotel room. There were things broken. There were, like, lamps falling over. Um, but that that $12,000, she went on the record saying she he owed her, and that got a lot of press. Dude, people are just like... Because the other part of it was um, being wrapped up. Again, highest-paid actor on television is now wrapped up in a giant scandal with a porn actress in New York... I mean, this is this is like the gift from the gods when you are reporting salacious entertainment and news. Yeah, you know what so, I'm saying? Yeah, this was in October 26. Okay, two, two three months later, again, um, Sheen Charlie is in Las Vegas and he's on a weekend bender with three women, which is sounds like his average weekend at this point with three women, including a porn star, a 23 year old <laughs> former nanny porn star. That's who she was. It's called Brie Olson. Uh, he had the goddesses. Yeah. Remember, he had these are the Charlie Sheen goddesses, and people at CBS are starting to get worried. Think, you know what? He might not come back to work. Like he's just becoming. I remember this. We had like uh, at TMZ, we had like this watch for him, and I don't remember if we were at CBS Studios or it was at the airport. I can't remember where exactly we were, but it was like the world was waiting because. Everyone knew he was in Vegas. Everyone knew he was having this bender of a weekend. But everyone also knew he was supposed to be back at work on Tuesday. So everyone's sitting there like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Is he going to show up? And he did. 
He somehow made it back from his bender-ass weekend, made it to set on time, which was wild Yeah, he makes it opinion. on time. But I think we're all at that point counting down to see, like, you're on watch for Charlie. You just knew something was going to happen to him. And eventually that's what happened to him. Later that year, actually not even like a few weeks later, uh, Charlie's hospitalized for abdominal pains, leading tabloids and bloggers to begin spreading rumors of an overdose. So the next day, what does he do? He voluntarily checks himself into rehab and production on the show is suspended again for the second time in two years with 16 episodes of the season already completed. So if you're the network, you're like, man, we, mm. we saved time on our network. We, we already sold the advertisements. We, we, we have that real estate at night for this show and we don't know if we're going to be able to what are we going to put in during that real estate? We're going to put in old episodes when the show's already and, filmed the season. It's just a really, really uncomfortable situation for the network because there's a lot of money invested and they don't and want if to you also, remember, Oh man, I don't know what you do at that the, time. The crazy, the crazy thing about Charlie is he was one of those guys that he could go out and party, show up to work and just knock it out. So I think that's why there was such a struggle with the, you know, like CBS and like the public persona because the public persona of Charlie is he's de- destroying himself. But once he would got we get to set, it was like super professional, knew all of his lines, remembered everything. Like he had this like memory where he could read the script once, put it into his brain, go out there, knock it out, and be done with it. And so you've got the the. The people behind the scenes being like, well, shit, he's he's here. He's doing his job. Yes, there's moments where we're kind of being knocked off schedule or this or that. But, like, the show's still a massive success. And he makes it work. So, like, what are we supposed to do? Well, I'll tell you what. On In February of that, that year, this is where shit went really bad. So, he went, uh, Charlie went to the Dan Patrick show. And he blamed CBS and Two and a Half Men executives for the production halt, saying that he showed up and ready to work and that no one was there. He said that he was sober, he felt great, he elaborated on his his sobriety, saying it was off and on, but he was not using or drinking and, you know, and that it was really their fault that the show wasn't going. That doesn't go well for your bosses. Your bosses don't want to be dragged through the mud. And so literally the next day, Chuck Lore, who is the creator of Two and a Half Men, uh, responded to Charlie. Do you remember Chuck used to do these like title cards at the end of yeah. the show that would say something? So after the show, he he wrote on one and said, if Charlie Sheen outlives me, I'm going to be really pissed. It's funny. <laughs> And that was his way of, like, responding. So then it really started this feud between Chuck Lore and Charlie Sheen. And at the end of the day, like, Chuck is your boss. Chuck is the one who is, you know, paying you $1.8 million an episode. Do you really want to piss him off? Probably not so much. But Charlie then takes aim at Lore doing an extended rant on his radio interview. He, you know, he 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 basically takes credit for all of Two and a Half Men's success, uh, 
calls Chuck Lorre a charlatan, dismisses the idea of alcoholism. He takes an anti-Semitic swipe at Lorre, calling him Heim Levine, and then concludes by calling himself the new sheriff in town. So later that day, CBS ends production Two and a Half Men for the rest of the season. Sheen responds to Lorre after the announcement, I wish him nothing but pain in his silly travels, especially if they wind up in my octagon. And this was when... I feel like a lot of the comments that were coming from Charlie, you knew he was off he his was, rocker. Like, what the hell he does that even mean? Like, no, he it, was definitely getting weird. Sorry, because And I, I, I know in this part, like, it was really weird because Charlie starts saying publicly, saying, I, "I, you know what? I have a show coming out on HBO. It's called Sheen's Corner. I'm making five million dollars per episode, and which is a lot of money per episode." And then HBO is like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! These are there's no truth. Like, what are you talking about? Like, we never." This this is not true. So maybe in his head he was believing, or somehow someone was telling him. There's an was offer like, on the table. I think he, he was just on stuff. You know, you, you're fighting with your bosses. Your show's getting canceled. You know, there everything is now up in the air for him. And he went on the the um, Good Morning. I'm sorry, the Today Show and Good Morning America. Uh, gave them a tour of his house, which was already weird as hell, because he had the goddesses living there at that time. And then, because of that, if you remember, the judge then ordered that Sheen's twin boys be removed from the home. Well, yeah. It was like, everything was falling apart. He also did that interview with Mike Walters at the time from I TNT. Do, do you Walters remember house, when right? Mike went... Yeah, Charlie invited Mike to go to the houses when the goddesses lived there. Mike was in the backyard doing a full-ass interview with Charlie Sheen. Um, and it was just mind-blowing to think that Mike got invited to Charlie's house yeah. at that time. I, should, I just talked to Mike the other day on the phone. I should like, Mike, how was his... We, we had Mike on the podcast, but I just talked to him. I should ask Mike, how was it being at Charlie's house during that time when everybody's wondering what's going on? And what was inside his mm-hmm. house? Because it's it was just... I mean... Anybody who's been kind of following entertainment news remembers this time with Charlie Sheen because, you know, fast forward briefly, Charlie is going back and forth with CBS. He obviously has a bigger mic because he's a bigger star. He's one of the, he get has tons of followers on Twitter. In fact, he, like we said, he's one of the fastest growing audience as far as Twitter crowd. I think he might still have the Guinness World Record for reaching 1 million followers faster than any other person but in, people in like history. people backed him. They're like, man, we love this guy. Just He was this tidal wave that was crashing mm. everyone and just breaking down. Everyone was kind of rooting him on, which basically created him to start his own tour. He was on Charlie Sheen now is livid, crazy, and on tour doing a show. It was called My Violent Torpedo of Truth and Death is Not an Option Nationwide Tour. That's what he... And basically what it was where he would do a Q&A, but he brought in some stand-up. He brought in, I think Jeff Ross might have been with him. I think he had, uh, what's his name, Simon Rex was on performing a little bit. So it was just like this weird random show mm-hmm. of Charlie ranting, doing Q&As in the crowd. And he was doing huge venues. I think he did Radio City Music Hall. And I remember Charlie at the time was staying at the Trump International Hotel. And he's just an actor. He's not a musician. But at the time, everyone just wanted to see Charlie. There's like, we just want to see this guy keep going crazy. Outside his hotel was probably about, I would say roughly 1,500 people just waiting to get a glimpse of Charlie Sheen. And every night when he did a show, the media was 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 in the crowd just documenting what he was doing during these shows. 
Emmer's first show that he did, everyone jumped on like, man, this was terrible. Like it was not an organized, clean show. In fact, he might have, and I mm-hmm. could be wrong on this, he might have showed up late, but it was just mayhem. It was just craziness. Somehow, after all this, Sheen gets his job back at Two and a Half Men. Um, I don't know how he does. Uh, I think maybe because Chuck Lorre is Ch- now is Chuck still with the show? I have no idea because no. So so it was like there was talks about it, but if you remember, that is also the time that the reports started to circulate that Hugh Grant was going to play his role in Two and a Half Men. Woody Harris, Woody Harrelson was name was out there. Jeremy Piven's name was out there. And then when we thought, oh, maybe Charlie's going to get it back, Ashton Kutcher actually was confirmed to replace him as the star of Two and a Half Men. So that was like, oh, shit. Like, they they actually went through with it. And then, if you remember, so to kind of, like, battle back, um, there was a report that came out that Charlie had signed a deal deal with Lionsgate um, to do a show to kind of go against it. And that was, um, I believe that was when he was doing anger management. Okay. I mean... Makes sense. Yeah. That was... So, that it was like back and forth, back and forth. Um, and uh, it was just... I, I want to say anger management, because he had some role in the Adam Sandler film, right? And this was kind of a spin-off yeah, of that so film. Yeah, so he... Um, it was an adaptation of the anger management movie, which was a 2003 film, the Adam Sandler and Jack Nicholson film. So it was – this was Lionsgate and Sheen's big return back for Charlie. And and it did, it did okay. It wasn't, it wasn't hugely successful by any means. I think they, they ended up doing, you know, some episodes, but they didn't fill up the whole roster like they, they thought they were going to. People – I think people were exhausted of Charlie. Like as much of a good actor as he was, as much as – you know, he was just overexposed, and I think people were tired of the antics, and I think that's why it really didn't last. Because it was a, it's a good concept, the show. The, the movie was funny, and so I think doing a show could have been funny, but it, it just didn't really land. And what I think, you know, when I think of Charlie, he kind of disappeared after that point, which was, I think, really necessary. I don't know if he went to rehab after that. I don't know what he did, but he really kind of pulled himself out of the spotlight. And we've seen him emerge um, over the years where it seems like he's doing really well. Um, You know, he did obviously have some health announcements that he is struggling through. HIV positive. Uh, It's HIV, right? Um, Yeah, HIV positive. He came out that um, he was HIV positive. Um, but like positive, he stayed but... out of the limelight, which is probably the best for him. What he did during that time, I don't know, because you would see time for time him in Malibu walking around. But I mean, let's say financially, he was always he made some. He was on a syndicated show for a long time, so yes, was he spending a lot of money? Yes, but hopefully there was the money coming in, so it was able to even itself out. Uh, actually, recently, somehow. After all this, and after all his beef with Chuck Lorre, he has actually reunited mm-hmm. with Chuck, and he's going to be on a new show with Chuck um, that they're doing. It's Sebastian Maniscalco, the comedian, has a show called uh, Bookie that's going to be coming out, and Charlie's actually going to be on the episode. He's going to be doing some episodes with it. He was cast on the mm-hmm. show. Somehow they said, listen, 
yes, maybe this is good for us and good for the show where we're like, hey, everyone knows about our struggles, our beef, uh, more probably one-sided on Charlie, but we're going to put our differences to the side and do a show together where he guest stars on it, and he's he's back to acting. So I think he's – and he's writing a book. Well, I think I – think- I think that's what shows you that he's out of his dark phase is that you can look back on your time and him and Chuck Lorre, I think, got along really well for a very long time. I mean, Chuck, you know, made him this mega star on television. And yes, Charlie turned his back on him for a while. But I think at the end of the day, once you get your head clean, you get sober, you, 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 you know, you, you realize your faults in life, I think he probably was like, man, I really effed this whole money train up and not even money train, just messed it all up. And so maybe there was some rekindling there between these so two. Dex, I don't for know. you, some covering Charlie Sheen, was it a good time for you? Mm-hmm. Was it crazy? How was it you? It was a weird time, dude. It was like every day there was this, you know, between like, the tiger blood, the standing, I remember him standing on the top of that building, you know, with a freaking machete one day at work, and it was just, every day was weird, and I I could not, honestly, I did not think Charlie Sheen would live well, this people, long. I thought he would well, have been was, dead that's years where you ago. Were. You're watching a building lean back and forth and back and forth and waiting for it to crash. That's what it was, you were just mm-hmm. waiting for that meltdown, which it it was definitely a slow meltdown, um, and luckily Charlie's doing good now. I mean, his daughter's on OnlyFans now, which he kind of seems like a no. <laughs> what Charlie's doing good? His daughter's on OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's so ridiculous. But I would say w- the way he responded to it was just like, as long as she's doing it classy, that's all I care about. Like at first, I think he was very against it, but then he's like, I think he kind of said. I support her, whatever she wants to do. I just hope she does it in a classy way. So I think his response to it was actually pretty decent. Um, so Yeah. I cannot believe that we are already out of time. Like, it is so annoying that we have another person to talk about and we have no time. Charlie dude. Sheen just... That was a big part. Dude, he had... He, he went through it, huh? Yeah, he did. He was freaking wild. Wild. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, if you when you talk about stars gone wild, Charlie Sheen is top three. He for might sure. have been. Well, I think the next person we're going to get into is one that would keep me up at night. Charlie, like, fortunately, was always in. But are we are we gonna are we gonna talk about that person? I think we got to do a part three. Man, the way this is going, this is gonna go to part nine. But yeah, this is gonna go to part three. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to do a part three. We have to. Like, we we're out of time. We can't. We can't bring up another person. I. That's why I'm like, how did how did we run yeah, out of time? You're right. You're it's right. Wild. But um, yeah. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. For watching on YouTube, like and subscribe. If you're listening, leave a review. Best and do to support this podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook. We have a private Facebook group called Off the Record, which I highly suggest you guys join. Follow me at Adam Glenn. Follow Dax Holt at Dax Holtz. See you guys next time. Bye. A Huda Media Production.